You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Simon Rex, if you don't know him, he was in scary movies. He was uh, he was a VJ in MTV the back of the day. He's dirt nasty. He's got his own podcast called Nervous Rex. He's really dynamic. And as much as I want to talk about career and shit, we talked about dark shit. Like we, and I wouldn't say dark, but we like, you know, we got vulnerable, man. We're both a little lost, and uh, people get lost, and uh, you know, and and hopefully you find yourself. And that's what you know we're trying to do. We're all trying to find ourselves. And I think, um, you know, everybody always appears like you know they have that facade, you know, perfect fence outside, the little you know, beautiful little house and the family. Oh, I mean, I bet they're so happy. And then you, you find out that they're the most dysfunctional family on the block. And that was my family, probably. <laughs> I mean, he also talks about like some fun drug stories and stuff like that. He went on yeah. a trip with his dad. He went on a NASA trip with his dad. Holy shit, man. That was crazy. Story. And how we met with uh, Jackson Brown's son in New York and how he met me when I had my voc- my van, which I still have. Shows you I haven't grown up. And we talked about how like, Sort of your persona as when you're younger, what gets you through things, the um, the way you, you handle things, it doesn't always work when you get older. And some of those old ways that worked for you when you're young, they don't work the same way when you get older. And I, I thought that was interesting. And uh, I learned a lot and it flew by. And um, I think we're both like we both said it. We're both just exhausted. <laughs> and uh, I think you'll get that. I hope you enjoy this one. Let's uh, let's get in Simon Rex. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. In case you didn't know, uh, Simon Rex is here and... Uh, we just, he wanted to know what we're going to talk about. Now, you, you've you been around. I've been around. Dude. Now, is, that a, is that your way of saying I'm a slut? No, I think we're, I think if you're in Hollywood, <laughs> you probably mostly are a slut. Uh, well, yeah. Way, I think everybody's a slut. Everybody should, every, first of all, everybody should be a slut. And there's no, slut shaming's awful. Uh, it is a double standard. It, you know, it's okay for like, like it's okay for a guy to be a slut, but women get shamed. I think everyone's a sexual creature and they should, I think Americans are very, uh, there's a very puritanical religious construct of this country more than most places you go in the world where we are very sexually oppressed so it's you know it's taboo and it shouldn't be so but right. whatever you know but whatever now you we met we i was in new york you were in new york where you you were friends with ethan brown correct. jackson brown's son correct jackson brown's son give me three songs by jackson brown um whole lot of sleeping around uh, i sucked his dick and jeremiah train that's not those are, those, those are <laughs> Jeremiah Train. No, running on empty. <laughs> running on empty. That whole album running was great. Running on empty. Um, I went Doctor saw, my eyes and uh, tell me. And then what's the one from uh, Running the, on Empty? What's the big one though that we love from the '80s movie Fast Times at Richmond High? Uh, She's gotta be somebody's own tonight. And I went and saw him play at Madison Square Garden, and I, at the time, was very naive to who Jackson Brown was, and he's a fucking, like, a pillar in the rock world. And I went and saw him play at Madison Square Garden, like, VIP on the side, and was just watching everyone sing along, and I'm like, how do I not know? And then he played a couple of those jams. I was like, oh, that's this guy. Oh, that's him. That's my friend's dad. Anyway, so Ethan Brown and you did a TV you show. You did a pilot a for pilot. MTV. It was my first show. It was called Talk Girl. That's and it was with it Leslie was. Bibb. 
And the three of us, they it was the first thing I ever auditioned for. I mean, for well, first thing I got. But I remember I walked in there. I was supposed to be the slob camera guy. And I remember just eating a bag of chips in the audition. They're like, who is this oh, he guy? Did. You chose to have an action. That's probably, probably I had helped some you action. book it. And they, you book it. They're like, this guy doesn't care. Let's hire him. That's exactly what they did. They're like, oh, look, at he brought chips into the audition. So parallel to you, I remember, I remember, I don't remember where it was, but I remember meeting you. And I swear I thought about this on the drive over. I remember Ethan introduced me. I was either on set of your show or you were at the MTV studios where I was a VJ. And I remember meeting you and you were just like, you know, uh, you're just an animated, you know, electric personality. Like me, and I was and like, attention. no, but I was like, oh, this guy's gonna, I, I just knew. I remember having the thought of like, oh, this dude's gonna kill it. And then I've watched your whole career. Uh, be amazing. So I was, I feel validated in my producer you Jewish knew. brain. And I was like, this kid's gonna... got zest up. Right. And then I was, yeah, I was a VJ and it's funny, similar. I booked it by not want, keep giving a fuck. I got the job. I remember. Well, has your whole life, do you think, kind of been in, in a lot until you, look, obviously you started really caring about what you wanted to do and like find all this stuff, find your way. But do you think in the beginning, like you were getting shit because you're, look, you're a really good looking guy. Oh, honey. You've, oh, sweetie. Baby. You've been a very look. You're Baby. you were blessed with looks. Baby, you were always ladies love you, guys oh, love you. Baby. What was that song? Ladies love me, guys adore don't me. me. Even, even the ones who never saw me, like the way that I rhyme at a show. The reason why I'm in, I don't, I don't know. Let's, know. So let's, let's go. go. It takes two to make, make a thing, thing go right. So that'd be actually a Rob good show to a pod, podcast. It takes. Um, well, thank you, first of all. Just yes. I say thank you because there's no way of... Uh, Responding to that without yeah, sounding yeah, egotistical. Yeah, thank you. But what and, I'm saying, all, what I'm finished, is you ha- things came to you. Very fortuitous in that there was no plan. These things just happened, and I was good at one thing. It was taking an opportunity as it presented itself and not fumbling the ball. But I was never like, I want to be a VJ. I want to be an actor. I want to be a rapper. I was just fucking around. And it happened, so it's very. So people sometimes ask me like, "Hey, I want to come to LA and do it. What's your advice?" I'm like, "I don't know," and I probably <laughs> would tell you, "Don't try," right? Because it's the worst business in the world, yeah. and you it, and the best and, and the worst. It at is the, same the best time. in the world. It's a two sided regalia, but um, yeah, that's a tough one because I I don't know what happened. It was just not by design. It just happened. How old were you? Uh, now? Well, you're my age. Were you 47? 44. Six? I'm 46. Yeah, I'll be 47. We look young, I feel. I got gray hairs now. Yeah, I got gray hairs too. No yeah. gray pubes yet, though. No, me neither. Hmm. That's good. Does pubes get. Stubble your hair? The pubes I still get gray. I got all my hair. I'm starting to get thinner, which is a hum. You know, but the gray, I, I'm accepting the gray. There was a few, there was a window of time I went through where I was dying it to co- cover the gray as an insecure, reactionary thing. And I'm like, ooh, that's worse than letting it ride. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. not, I just let it ride. Yeah, but you, so, I mean, I look at someone like you who I, I, I like I love who I've known for a long time, but we never hung out a ton. Right. It was always like intermittent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like, oh, hanging out in my van in Vancouver. That was probably the most one on one time we had was when we went out a couple of times. You were shooting the Superman show. I'm you sorry. Smallville. Smallville. And I was yeah. shooting Scary Movie 3 and we we're both living in Canada and we kind of knew each other from over the years. Mm-hmm. And you came by my the Sutton place in your van and you just put all these lights in it. I remember going, holy <laughs> shit, this is the coolest this fucking is a thing in the world. Van. And now you're like, what a loser. No, now I got a van i just got one i just went and got a rv a mini rv a volkswagen winnebago and now oh, i'm all about boy. the van life yeah and See? i and i become that guy because you planted a seed 20 years 19 years ago thank you no 16 years ago 2001 i think i was Two, doing smallville okay but you were you had this must have been season three or four because you were there in 2003 i think i got year. the van as a gift to myself for season one i think i got that like as before i went up or the next season or something like that's that. back when back nine was it 
yeah. the back nine. The back nine. Picked up. That means like you know you get a certain order of uh, episodes, and then you get the back nine. Yeah, usually it's thirteen, and, and then, then back, back nine, nine, so you get twenty-one. And when you get that back nine phone call, because I did well, thirteen and nine would be twenty-two. Oh, would it be? Oh yeah, I'm bad at math. Um, I, I would. Uh, I was doing WB uh, shows as well in yes. that era. I did Didn't a show get... called Jack and Jill. And I did with Amanda Peet and Ivan yes. and Justin Kirk. It was Jamie Presley. Great show. Great show. Jack and Jill. And I did a show called What I Like About You with Amanda Bynes. And I did Felicity. So I was had this is back when they had holding deals and oh, they gave me a holding weren't deal. Weren't those nice? They pay you to not act for another network. Where, Here's a hundred grand. Don't do anything else. Uh okay. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> Tyler? Tyler's here today. With I was us. your age. I was just like you. Tyler's head full of hair, big dick, flopping around. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually I've got a holding deal. Oh, you do? Yeah, over the CW. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Really? Yeah, it's great. It's the, oh, so this was WB. It's CW. It right? became the CW, right? I always wished I was on a network with more than two letters. Yeah, fuck. WB, CW. You want to be on NBC? But look, I always remember. By the way, I think you were cast in a part. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. That I then they they cut you or they. It was called Zoe Duncan Jack and Jane. Yes. Oh my God. Well, here's that? the thing, dude. They cast Jeremy Renner. They fired him. Then they supposedly cast you, and then you had some kind of dark past. Yeah. They said, "Oh, because it wasn't your talent, right? It wasn't obviously Jeremy, and it wasn't Jeremy That's Renner's, right?" Dude. And then they cast me, and I remember I That's saw both right. pilots. I saw Jeremy Renner's. Uh, that was version, Jeremy Renner's. And dude. I go, and I remember watching it. Going, I walked into the room with these people. And I go, "Why? He's great in this part. Why don't you want him? Why do right. you want me? Why did they?" They he go, didn't want to do it. I don't know. They, they didn't like him. No, they just they go because of what you're saying right now that you're actually walking in here and trying not to get the part. Isn't that so weird? <laughs> I that? just had no idea. And look, obviously Jeremy's a brilliant actor. Well, yeah, and he went on to do great shit things. He, I can't believe he was going to be the guy in the sitcom. Yeah, that's right. Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane. That's yeah. right. Jack and Jane. Yeah. Yeah, and who else was in it? Zoe Selma Blair. Selma Blair. Dude. So what happened? And with I that? did. And I did a table read. And I remember, you oh my cast. God, I you forget- the table and then they just fired you? Yeah, this happens a lot. I don't remember exactly why, but it has to have been, dude, that's so crazy. I didn't even remember that name till you just said it. And then I remembered you got it. And I, was like, I remember thinking, oh, at least one of the boys got it. Right. It only lasted a year or so. It's not like you. I don't remember the commercial. I remember it was like Selma Blair was the lead girl and you were her boyfriend. I was and there like was another two characters. Liked her. Yes, right, right. yes, yes. God, WB days, bro. That was a. Uh, I feel like those days, days don't exist. Anymore. I'm just glad I got to experience a sitcom once. Best gig as an actor you can get is a sitcom, by the way, Tyler. It's, I mean, people say that because of, you know, the, you know, it's Monday through Thursday. You don't really do anything on Monday. You're you in pajamas. Read, no and then Friday. But you know what? It's a lot of pressure. It's like you're doing live theater every week. Yeah, but you script. could fuck up. It's a live play you could do. But if you fuck up, the audience laughs, cut, redo it. So it's not like a play in that you have this safety net that you are allowed to fuck. Well, not allowed to. But if, if you fuck up, ah, ha, ha, take it again. That was cute. Yeah. The play, you can't do that. Were, you, were your parents good? Uh, good in the sense that they were good loving. people. Yeah, very loving mother. Dad wasn't really around. Uh, we and we could get into that too. Pops bounced when I was two. Hippie parents. Uh, San Francisco, late sixties. You know, summer love sixty nine era. Born in seventy four. So this is a byproduct of that hippie era. So very loving, uh, but dad wasn't very present. So you so didn't see they, him they, at they, all. No, not I'd see him maybe once a year. 
once a year yeah for a couple of weeks that's, so then, that, that's and then, hard for you yeah and then my mom who's great she gave me all the love in the world but she had a series of shitty guys that i grew up that mm. were stepdads and shitty boyfriends around but then now luckily she has a great guy that she married but this is after i already moved out of the house so i had this sort of uh mixed bag of these father figures that weren't necessarily the best it's safe to say, so it's like an alcoholic say... boyfriend. Right. One was a coke addict. I remember once I had a stepdad who was a cocaine addict. Who I remember I would get an allowance of five bucks per week, and I'd save it for months, and I'd have like sixty bucks stashed in my room, and he'd come steal it to get coke. And I remember one time I came out to watch cartoons in the morning, and the TV was gone, and my mom had to try to explain why the TV was gone. He swapped it for coke. And at the, as a kid, you don't understand these, and then as you get older, you're like, oh, I, now that's why I get why he was erratic and all these things you don't understand as a 10 year old so i had to you know that was sort of the father figure in the household was that behavior which is why alcohol and coke are the devil to me which i never went down a path of those i you I never you never did oh no i tried them and i never liked them oh, yeah and it's funny because there's a misconception that i'm a cokehead because i have a lot of energy and i did a song called 1980 which is a dirt nasty song where i talk about cocaine but did it as a joke so everyone still thinks like i'm a cokehead and i'm just like well i'm a lot of things but i'm not a cokehead <laughs> What are you if you're not if you're a lot of things? Uh, well, now or yeah. in the past, no, I was like a in the... big time stoner. Like I smoked so much. I remember weed that was like I remember it got that to the point where it worked for me for a really long time. It really did. Like it made me just walk into a room and just be that stoner energy. Like, huh? Where are we? What's going on? How's my hair? Like booked it, and then you get off the weed and you, you're kind of high energy and you frazzled, and it, it becomes an enemy of creativity in a weird way for me. So I'm off the weed now for a while. I've, it's been a long time. You haven't smoked weed at no, all in a long time. But it worked for me when I was younger because it really, like, not, there's a lot of power in not caring. Like, not giving a fuck, or at least even if, if you could do it and pretend to not give a fuck and walk in a room. Because you know how it is. You've been, I'm sure, on the other side of producing something. Someone walks in a room and they want it too bad. It's a, it's a turn off. When someone comes in loose, just like, hey, man, like you did with the chips, give them the job. Right? Do you agree with that? It's It's like, it's even like when you go up to a girl or a girl comes up to you, it's like if you're trying too hard, she's like, eh. So she, doesn't, a, she doesn't want you. But if you're like, oh, what, whatever, exactly whatever. There's a book called Trying Not to Try that I just read, and it's an actual like philosophy. And there's a thing in Chinese philosophy called the Wu Wei, which is the not trying. And the book doesn't make sense. It's a conundrum. How do you try not to try? You're trying if you try not to try. Because it's a whole thing. When you're young and don't give a fuck and dumb and just kind of, you really aren't trying. And then you kind of get older and Thinking things change and you kind of overthink and that's you're not. What I just do. Not. So that's sort of what I'm going through lately is this weird phase of like having yeah. a conscience and caring and not being that guy. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Getting, not giving a fuck works in a lot of different ways. And also, like, uh, I think as you get older, for some reason, I don't know if it's that like we let fear get in the way. Or when we're younger, we our immune systems are up. We have so much. Uh, we we just don't let things affect us as much. I think when we're younger, in terms of we can we can handle stress more yeah. as a youth, as a youthful person. Yeah. But when you get older, it's like that whole fight or flight. You can't do it all the time. You can't always be stressed. You can't always be because it really affects you physiologically. That's that's like my issue. I agree, and that's why I go. I'm, I've become this cliche, which is better than the other cliche, which could have been the guy in rehab or fucked up on you know whatever. I I go to yoga all the time now to get it out. Good. I do hot yoga, and I moved to the west side. I moved to the beach, so I was your neighbor. I lived right here. I can't believe we didn't hang more because I'm I was on. Woodrow Wilson and Woodstock, right on the other side of Laurel Canyon, for 13 years. And I sold my house three years ago, and I moved to the beach. I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of Hollywood. Like, 
I can't stand the corner of Sunset and Crescent Heights one more fucking minute. What is it about the beach that you love? The ocean. Do you just feel healthier when you're there? I feel so much healthier. I've never worked less and never been happier, if that makes sense. And it makes your life change so much, the ocean and being by that vibe of where everybody's just chilled out. And when I come here into the city, I notice my shoulders tense up. Everyone's honking. The traffic's a little more congested. You go to the ocean and everyone's just a little more relaxed. Therefore, I'm relaxed because I adapt to my environment. Like when I lived in New York, I became a New Yorker. When I'm in Hawaii, I'm like a Hawaiian. When I'm at the right. beginning, so when you I'm in Hollywood, yeah, to I, I'm a mirror of my environment. I'm, I, I think I'm hypersensitive. I think uh, my mom told me that when I was a baby, the doctor said that he's hypersensitive to light, sound, energy. So I'm like, I get affected by what's around me. And Hollywood, after fucking 15 years, just got to me. Or I was just like, get me the fuck... As far away as I can, but still be on a tethering distance to be able to come do a podcast. So yeah, I'm that guy who moved to the beach and goes to hot yoga and wears flip flops around. I'm become I'm becoming the Big Lebowski. Are you <laughs> without the weed? <laughs> without the weed. So you're. Do you really consider like when you look in the mirror? Do you like because because you know I go through this. Do you look at yourself and go, I love you. I love you, Simon. Not that you have to say it out loud, but you love yourself, right? So funny you said this. You know, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna embarrass myself, but I don't do care. It. It's funny. I I think my whole life I've hated myself so much that that's why I'm like, hey, look at me. Yeah. Except me. This is me, why we do, yeah. we're sick. Yeah. We're fucking we're nuts. Sick. Like we're I wouldn't. Sick people. You know what I mean? Like you do stand up now. Like could you be any more sick in the I'm head? I'm sick in the head. Right. Yeah. So there's something deeply rooted in that psychologically for us to want this approval. Why we do what we do, and I'm just aware of it. I actually listen. <laughs> I actually listen to a YouTube uh, self affirmation playlist that plays for eight hours when i go to bed that just repeats i love myself for eight hours so while i'm sleeping i have i love myself pounding into my subconscious so i wake up and it makes me feel better in the morning does it really and work when i went to yoga today i actually tried something for the first time i was laying there on the ground and my heart was beating really fast because it was a fucking gnarly class and i'm laying there at the end when in shavasana which is like the star pose like you just lay like this and I just put my fingers on my pulse, which was like pretty fast. And as it, each beat was going, I repeated that mantra that I listened I to. Love I love myself. As it was beating, I love myself. Just to trick myself. <laughs> Dude, that's what it's come to. And I don't really hate myself. I'm just like, Hey, don't, you know, don't. I'm not, I'm not reneging. I'm just saying. Okay. I go back and forth between genuinely loving myself and genuinely hating myself. I really do. Yeah, I, I think I do that too. Are you, you were Jewish. Yeah, yeah. I'm Jewish. Because my name isn't Rex. That's my middle name. It's my Re mother's maiden name. Exactly. My mother's maiden name is Yud. Doesn't get much Yud. more Jewish than Yeah, it does. Rosenbaum. Like, it's pretty Jewish. Pretty Jewy. Uh, but you don't look Jewy. See, you could say that because you're a Jew. Inside of You is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor Meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. Mm -hmm. um, look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money. And, you know, Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are. It's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, 
I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's it's perfect for my lifestyle, and I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15 and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Uh, but I'm going to a treatment center. For? Uh, not for drugs or alcohol, but because I've had like a lot of surgeries and been in a lot of pain my whole life. I just had spine surgery in my neck and I'm not a pill popper, but I think I've just, the physical pain has translated emotionally and psychologically. And so 
I find myself a little bit disconnected and, and, and just overwhelmed sometimes. And uh, I talk to some friends, and there's, there's this great place. And I just kind of – what's funny is, like, Good I'm, for not, you. I'm not very close with my family, but, I, you know, I love my family. But I, I sent an email to some close friends, and, you know, my dad's response was, wow, um, I'm really surprised. Uh, like, no one had a clue. Because the thing is – I feel like I'm always the guy, like you were talking about, I'm always the happy guy. I'm the guy who goes into a room and everybody's like, oh my God, he's so funny and, uh, and everything's great and he's so happy. And oh my God, he's got so much going on. He's always doing this. It's he exhausting. Or- he organizes these things. And you know what? You're exhausted. I'm fucking exhausted. I know. I'm I feel the same out. way. I'm, I'm, dude, burnt okay, I'm the same guy the as you are. Out. In my world, I'm that guy too. And I'm fucking over it. I got to start loving myself. You don't myself. need to do this I anymore. I'm too old for this shit. I need to do things for me. I need yeah. to love it's myself. not selfish. Yeah. No, seriously. And you know what? Yeah, you're right. That transitions to emotional pain, which is just like store your your central nervous system. Stress. Dude, stress is the underlying number one killer of everything, first of all. And I all I do now is live my life trying to be as stress-free as possible. And I'm in this sort of Goldilocks zone. You know what the Goldilocks zone is? That's where like the in the universe, Earth is like in this Goldilocks zone where the middle Earth part. can thrive. Yeah, it's just a safe little pocket. And I feel like, and, and, and I really believe this because I've had a lot more f- fame, money, and objects in the past. But I'm in this Goldilocks zone where I don't have too many things. But my because of that, my stress level is so much lower. And I'm not like running around like I'm at this age and time where I'm just like, I'm not chasing the girls like I used to. I'm not caring about if I get the job or not. So I'm in this sort of, and I'm, I'm not being so beach. hard on myself. It's, yeah, it's just a weird transitional phase that I think we're both in a parallel dimension because we've been on the same ascension since 96. It's yeah. been a long 23 years, bro. That's a quarter of a century we've been running around. It's, fucking... t- it's time, it's enough. Because, you know, I don't, I, I said this before. I don't want to be. I don't want to be eighty years old, dying and going. Uh, what was it all for? Was it all just to try and please people? Was it to try to make these people laugh? Was it to try to make everyone else's life better? Which is a great quality. I really like that quality about myself. I like doing things that make people happy. But well, if I'm not happy, it's like you know. Then what's the whole point of it all? It's like I'm talking to myself right now with you because I swear to you, this is exactly what I'm dealing with right now. And for the first time, I'm I'm trying to be aware and hold the mirror up to myself and figure out why I'm the way I am. And I'm fucking exhausted. And it, it, it takes a lot out of you to do it all the time. And you know, I don't know if I really believe in this, but there's a lot of things I've been wrong about lately that I you know don't believe or believe in that I've been wrong about. And I met this girl who's like a psychic, and I and I didn't really know. I don't know if I believe in that all too much, but there must be some truth out there. And she the, she didn't even know me, and she goes, she just looks at me and she just calls me out. She's like, "You need to stop making everybody else happy and be selfish and take care of yourself because it's going to kill you." I was like, "Whoa." fuck all right what else you got and like she just called it out by looking at me and just saw it on me like that because we all have a persona and a mask that we wear and we walk through life and with this business we're in it's fucking a lot man it's a lot that's (sighs) so anyway yeah she called me out and i was i like i like being called out it's good i do too and i think people see some people are shocked some people are like dude come on you're fine i mean come on just you're fine and then some people they go, yeah, you need to take care of yourself. So like, if you don't mind me asking, what yeah. kind of retreat is this? Uh, it's not really a retreat. It's more oh. of like a treatment center. Okay. It's um, 
I don't know, like psychotherapy. Right. Psy- uh, have you done therapy before? I've done some therapy, and I just I'm feel my whole like life I've been a therapist. I've so been in therapy, but I feel like you know I had some good therapists, I guess, in the past. I just feel like it became stagnant. I want somebody to go. This is what you fucking need to do. I I hate when I have to figure it out because I'm tired of trying to figure it out. Right. Because nothing else works. I need structure. I know that. I need to start. There's things that I need to do, but I can't seem to do it. Would you consider psychedelic plant medicine as part of a healing process? Well, it's funny you said that because I tried for pain. I've been doing this thing called ketamine treatments. You've been doing the ketamine treatment? Yeah. I want to try that because I suffer I'm, I'm from mild depression. Too. Now, people, yes. So people think that it's special K. It's the party drug. It, it's not at all. I'm not a drug addict. I don't do drugs. I don't want well, to take a Norco every day for my pain in my neck. But uh, this is um, what it does. It, it, you should read about it. But go the ketamine uh, centers of Los Angeles. But they, it's kind of like a disconnect and rewiring of your brain and reset. Oh, I button. use it. I use it recreationally on my own because I'm a big fan of ketamine. It's one of the only things that gets me out of my prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that says, you got to do this. Why don't you do this? You got to call it. I like ketamine. I think it's a very helpful tool. It helps you? Uh, absolutely. So that's what that's what I've been doing. I'm not like, I, I did mushrooms twice in my life and I freaked out. And I go, I don't like to be out of control. Maybe you're too cerebral and men, you're, you're probably too hyper intelligent for mushrooms that it might work against you. I'm just wondering what could be good for you. Um, I just did LSD with my dad the other Jesus. day. Jesus. The, the dad that was absent? Yep. So check this out. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is real life. So my dad and I were never that close. My dad reached out. He had a stroke a few years ago, so he has a scar from his neck to his stomach, and he's just his, it aged him significantly. So he has always been a hippie his whole life. So he does psychedelics to him. It's normal. So um, I had a little bit of LSD that I've had in a bottle for a long time that I use once in a while as a reset, not like, hey, let's just go get fucked up. Like, I, I'll do it by myself and go to spend a day alone and go do like a go inside and and you can function and oh, it doesn't yeah. scare you i don't i don't take like two hits and watch the walls melt i just do like somewhere between micro dosing and and there enough where you feel to, enough to where you it does something to you can the you chemistry function, of your brain. yeah absolutely i'm not gonna be driving a, a you know operating a, a machine or a vehicle i'll just take a walk on the beach or go to nature and unplug turn the phone off for eight hours big fan of that ari shafir comic big supporter of psychedelics is self-induced therapy he talks about it all the time on his podcast i think this could be very beneficial to people all the time anyway so i'm not afraid to do it alone i think you should do psychedelics alone i think it could help you uh deal with a lot of things so my dad recently said can you get any lsd and i said it's funny i actually hadn't <laughs> done it in 20 years and i just kind of rediscovered it and did it a couple of years ago so yes i have a bottle of liquid LSD that's like 99.9% pure, which is just like lightning in a bottle. And so I put five drops on mints and I sent them to him for him and his wife to do together as a bonding chemical so they could therapeutically heal and just, you know, they're getting older and they want to do it. So I sent it to him. And how funny is this? I listened to Duncan Trussell's podcast the next day. And the next day after I send my dad LSD, he goes, and someone just got arrested for sending their dad acid in the mail, and the son and the dad went to jail. I'm like, what? Why am I hearing this now? What the fuck's going on? So I freak <laughs> out. I told my dad, like, just be careful. So I, I hid it in a, a, a dental floss. I put the mint in the thing in dental floss. It was got to him. It was no problem. So the other day, I was working in Charlotte. He lives in Asheville. I was working in Charlotte. I had a day off. I rented a car. I drove to see him. And he says, hey you want to do some of that LSD you sent me? And I was like, for real? 
my first instinct was, I don't want to trip with my dad. I'm going to be like, oh my God, I used to be in your Where balls. Where were you? Yeah, yeah. well, that we've had that talk. Okay. I could go backwards to that later. I've had the full, like, I let him have it years ago. And kind of, oh. and we had that talk. We're kind of past that now. So we did a little LSD together and we walked around the Biltmore Estate, which is the largest residential house in the country, I think. And it's a, they have a beautiful botanical garden. My dad's a photographer. So we went out there and we took photos. We tripped out. We walked through this beautiful garden and the plants were coming to life a little bit. And he started telling me all these things. I had no idea about our side of the family. It was a very healing, nice day. And I'm glad we did it. But yeah, dude, I did LSD with my father, dude. Yeah. Well, my dad was, it's funny because my dad was a, he was a hippie. And he, my mom married him when he was 18 with one pair of jeans that he owned and long hair. And she was 23 with two kids and he married her. And had me a year later. And so you have half family. Yeah, yeah, I have two half. I have a half brother and half sister from my mom's first marriage, and my dad had two girls after the marriage with my mother. Oh, you have a lot of halfies. Yeah, and it's all spread out. It's a pretty dysfunctional family. Well, Most well, people what don't. Families talk. isn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I've, I've come to learn. It's not like I'm like, poor me. But don't you know, do that either. Because I know I do that because I'm like, I do that. Everybody's dysfunctional, right? Well, no. See, I have the thing for me. It's like. Uh, I actually just said this to our Jude Angelini, who's a great friend and a great pod. He's a he's a he's an author and a DJ guy on the radio. And he's he, I did what you just did. I said, yeah, you know, my dad was never around. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Fifty percent of the population of America's parent uh, dad wasn't. I goes, no, no. He goes, don't do that. He called me out. He's like, don't do that. Don't diffuse your like what like like that's a fair thing to to acknowledge and don't you don't have to dismiss it like oh it's no big deal because everyone else has it's it's okay you know what I mean. Yeah. It's okay that you're going through all this stuff, and it's good that you're talking about it. And 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 yeah. having these people listen to it's important. Yeah, that's why podcasting is really good. To this wouldn't happen on the Tonight Show no. when you're promoting Smallville for five. No, they go okay. Let's let's go to commercial. And Rose would, yeah, talking be a, about uh, ketamine. Yeah, <laughs> infusion. No, I, I'm glad you're doing that stuff. Yeah, I think well, it's you important. know, there's medicine. It's out always there. as I talk about this. It's funny because I'm thinking, okay, how do I bounce back here and make people think I'm not. I'm not out of my mind. I'm not crazy. It's like I'm always trying to validate. No, no, no. I'm doing this, but I'm still. I'm still, because here's the reality. I am. I function. I. I went to my friend's birthday yesterday. Had a great conversation. Really made her day. I um, love my dogs. I enjoy my dog. I'm looking around your room. You have some great accolades. You're a smart guy. They do these books. <laughs> it's, I haven't read half of them. Okay, yeah, they're just like pretending. No, I've smart. read. I've read a lot of them. This is my uncle's books. He wrote those too. Life as I blow it. My friend Sarah wrote. Uh, Thomas Wilder, The Road to Paradise. Chevy Chase is. Uh, I did a movie with Chevy Chase, and he was a dick. Sorry, I, saying I it. love Chevy, but I've, I heard, I've heard that I mean, a lot. He was but really mean to me. That I don't like. He was really mean to me and everyone else, and no one liked him on the movie. But whatever, he's still a legend, and I grew up loving the guy. I and I'm, I don't take it personal. There's a lot of assholes in Hollywood. What, whatever. All I can tell you is, I've been through some pain. I want to get rid of it. I, I'm doing everything in my power, which I think is healthy. So I credit myself in going, hey, you want to get to the bottom of this. Let's work on your mind. Let's work on your body. Let's like, let's be the best person I could be because I want to be the strongest I can because I don't want to live a life that's just sort of like, you know, just going through it. I, I, one of those little apps that I was Good listening to, like you, Good you said you. you were listening to something that, that like, uh, you know, I yeah, love yeah. myself. It's a YouTube video. Yeah, a YouTube yeah. video. Well, there was the same thing. I was listening to some like guided meditation, uh-huh. the 10 minute long. I just pushed, oh, listen Good. to this. And it said. The one thing I took from it that I got almost a little emotional at, the voice said, stop trying to get through life and try to enjoy life. And it was so simple and so like, what? But it's so true. We, I, I, try to, I feel like I try to get through it. I try to get through moments. How do I get through that? 
I just want to get through that instead of going, hey, let's have fun like you used to. Let's go up on stage and let's have fun. Let's enjoy the moment. It's hard for me to be present like I want to be. Well, you you have the Jewish brain, which goes 110 miles an hour. So you have the monkey mind, which is your best friend and your worst enemy. That voice that keeps you up at night is also why you have this house in the hills and a podcast and an amazing career. Right? Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. So it's a gift and a curse. (laughs) Sure. Sure. I think. Okay, because I yeah, relate to that. Yeah, of course. I'm very lucky. You're, are you Ashkenazi Jew? I am. Oh, me too. I just did my 99%. I'm 51%. Oh, okay. Or 49 So you're half as good as me. Yeah. I'm, so, but, I'm, but I'm not religious at all. Maybe, I really no, no, it's a gen- I, no, that's I, DNA. I, that's yeah, genetics. Yeah, yeah, it's genetics. It's that's, a way of... Because sure. I'm not religiously Jewish at all, but it's a way we are culturally the way we think and... and it's a different thing. So anyway, there's a type of therapy I tried that you might be interested in called EMDR therapy. I oh, motion yeah. descent desensitization reprocessing which is for soldiers who come back from war with trauma but for somebody like you and i you can actually use it for other reasons such as i'm fucking this you know i'm always thinking i can't really i want to be in the moment which should be applied to acting as well i mean how you know you're an actor like how great is the scene when you're actually like not thinking about your line and you're just breathing and listening and responding like that's when you're doing good work it's like life too. So anyway, EMDR therapy I did for a while, and isn't it like tones or? Yes. So it's binaural waves, and you're holding these sensor things that sort of vibrate left, right, and it tr- does these things with your brain where it accesses stored trauma that you may not even realize. You does have. it really work? I'll, I'll tell you this much: my second time in there, I'm doing the thing, I'm holding the thing, and you're looking at a pencil going back and forth, and they're asking you questions as they're doing the binaural like stimulation. And all of a sudden, she's just asking me questions that I've talked about in therapy a lot of times, and I just start leaking like a faucet, bro. I'm just, I don't even know what thought triggered this uh, amount of tears that came out of me that felt so good to get out. It was like, it felt like cathartic. I'm like, and I'm laughing and crying. I'm like, I don't even know what this is about. She's like, it's working. And it just, it, it had a very dramatic effect quickly. And I guess it's a shortcut to accessing what you might might come up and talking for hours and hours and hours quicker. And it just surfaced all this shit. And there's and a I, place I can go to. Oh, yeah. I could tell you the lady's name. It's and here it, in L.A. And it's worth trying. I mean, look, if you have... Why not? I mean, if you I'm have... I'm always the, worth... Tra- yeah. It's always it, worth a shot. It seems like you're willing to experiment. Yeah, I'm with. open to stuff, you know? I, uh, I'm happy to share her information with you. She was recommended to me by a good friend. I recommended someone, another mutual friend of ours, who I won't say his name, and uh, went to this person And liked well. it? Um, actually, I don't remember the result. I'll have to get back to you on that. Um, but I liked it. And I can tell you from my experience, I thought it helped. Because I, I guess I've been going to therapy since I was three years old. My mom said she had me in therapy when I was three. Because when my dad left, I acted out a lot. Of course. all this shit. You didn't have a father figure around. And the ones that were around were doing coke and stealing bags. my money. You know? I mean, how did you? I mean, why I'm single at 44 years old. I'm single at 46. No kids. Do you want, do you honestly I do want, want, I, want kids? I, I do. I struggle with it. Just I I do, and then sometimes I'll see like some fucking entitled kid with their iPad having a panic attack with their parents or something. And I'm like, oh fuck that. But then part of me's like, that's part of the experience of life that I want to have, and and it's the ultimate unselfish act. Maybe that's what you and I need to chill the fuck out. As kids, as a kid, so it's like it's not about us it's anymore. It's not about us anymore. It's about them. And then that's the that's the thing. I don't think my mother I don't think she didn't. When you have a child, the child becomes the center of attention. And for my mother, she couldn't handle that. She always wanted to be the center of attention. Really? Uh, always. My mother 
wanted it to be always about her. She wanted to be pretty forever. She, in fact, she had two, uh, my, my brother and sister, and she used to say, hey, we're having friends over the house. Do not mention your brother or sister. Nobody knows I have them. I don't want anybody to know I have them. And this is in New York. Where'd you go? This was in Indiana because we moved oh, from you're New, Indiana New boy? York to Indiana. Oh, okay. You but, feel New Yorky to me. Well, my whole family's from New York, and I was born there. Okay. I lived okay. there for the first eight years, but, you know, I, I definitely have that New York, I guess, spirit, all sports, yeah. all that. But, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, which I'm thankful for, but, um, you know, I came from a family that everybody, you know, I think my, my parents always would say, oh, that family down the street, so-and-so's having an affair. Oh, this, they're, they're, they're assholes. They're this. And you start to believe it as a kid, and then the older you get, you go, no, you guys are fucked. You're the fucked up ones. It's amazing how I like you believe your parents. You believe your parents that could do that, and then all of a sudden, I, and I, look, I, I do. My dad's turned over a new leaf, and all these things. My issue is trust. Like, if you ask me a question, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the truth, or I'm gonna tell you as much as I can without, if I don't want to divulge too much information. But I feel with most of my family that I don't, I don't believe most of what they say. It's a really hard thing to understand, but I just don't believe them. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, as you get older, you look back on all the things that you didn't understand, like you just said, or like, I, you know, I, I was saying I didn't remember as a 10-year-old what a cocaine addict behavior was like. And I look back, I'm like, how did I not understand? That's why he was doing... So it's interesting looking back, but it's also good to realize that. And I think everybody's flawed. And it's too... What we as humans do, it's not just your family or them saying down the block they're doing this and that. People like to put people in a box, I've noticed. Everyone wants to just put a label on you with a ribbon on it and be like, oh, Michael Rosenbaum, the funny guy actor. I put him in a box. That's what he is. Ribbon on it. That's done. Mm. Uh, once you do that, you limit you to what the fuck you – you are a lot more than that. You could be whatever the fuck. You could be an author. You're a podcaster. You could do whatever the fuck you want. People just want to be like, oh, Simon, he, the, the rapper. Simon, oh, the scary movie guy. Oh, he's the VJ guy. Oh, the guy from Vine. People just want to – bam. It's too easy to do that. I think we as humans do that a lot. I'm guilty of it. I'm trying to be aware of when I do that, be like, because once it, there's like a famous quote, I can't remember who said it, or it's like some famous philosopher said, once you label me, you limit me from all the things that I have potential to be. Something along those lines. Right. And I think we all do that. And that's, yeah, it's uh, human behavior. We all do a lot of weird things, yeah. especially in this town. You know, everyone just wants to be like, oh, he, it's like a big high school. There's only like 3,000 of us isn't in this that, town. Isn't that something? It's it really high is high school. Everybody knows everybody. Everyone's and, fucking everybody. And everybody's like, what do you do? Like, what? You're never going to find someone in this town. It's tough to find someone in this town. I mean, That's... do you think, first of all, what made you stop smoking pot? What made you change and say, was it, did you have like a nervous breakdown? Did, did you no, feel like, no? No, no I just, it traumatic? stopped working. No, no, I just stopped working for me. Like, it, we had this, uh, reverse effect on me where i started getting paranoid and insecure and questioning everything where it used to make me relaxed it made the opposite and i went actually went to a doctor about it he goes yeah it's common that in your mid-30s the weed chemistry thc has a changing uh, effect on your brain to where it does that to a lot of people you're not alone some people smoke it forever some people it stops working for them or it has this effect so that's what happened to me is i just smoke it i'm like i don't feel comfortable right now and it used to have the opposite effect where if I wasn't smoking. I had to smoke weed to relax and get comfortable, you know, because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. So for the first time in my life, like the last few years, I've been the most sober I've ever been, just like dealing with emotions. You realize when you're getting high all the time, you're just putting a lid on everything. Yeah. You take the lid off. Dude, I had a wet dream two nights ago. How you know old what's are you? funny? I almost had a wet dream too. I had one. 
at 44 years I old. I think bro. I've had one like, I, yeah, I used to worry about that because I'm like, why am I in mid 30s and having a wet dream? It's a good, but then I found out it's a good thing. It's a healthy libido. Why is that good? Because that means you have a healthy, active libido and your brain, everything's working. So you asked your doctor, you said I came in my pants last I night? I didn't ask my doctor. I have a friend of mine who's sort of a, my buddy. Uh, Premature ejaculations. <laughs> he's an like expert, on, expert. He's an expert on wet dreaming. Um, well, premature ejaculation is a whole other thing. Yeah, did you well, ever I've, that? Had, you ever I've had that problem as well. Do you ever use like a rub or something on your on your? I have used that. Yeah. Does it work? Um, I, I well, it worked as a lubricant. I came really fast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's some stuff that works. There's numbing. Everybody agents. has sexual dysfunction. Yeah, Everybody. I don't care, dude. Look, I don't care about that shit anymore. Like, yeah, dude, I, I've suffered from it. I haven't. It's all in your. Everything's in your head. You know, everything, everything. Um, but yeah, dude, the fact that a thought could trigger. That to happen in my 40s blew my mind. I was just, I woke up laughing. And I had one in a, two months ago and it was two robots sucking my dick at the same time. It was like they were on a crank machine. They're Asian robots, which is interesting. <laughs> well, that, I guess, subconsciously, what's Ooh, that saying? I don't know. If you're Sigmund Freud or Carl Jung, what would you say that means? That I'm having a double Asian robot give me a head and I came in my dream. <laughs> <laughs> That was, by the way, that's There's one of the best like... segments I've ever, I've there you ever go, heard. Dude. But by hey, the way, I'm just I, being honest here. Look. No, no, no. I love this. I love this. And you know what? I just read something. You were saying something just now, and it made me go, "Oh my god!" Not because of pop, but it was, it was that somebody quoted saying, "Those things that worked for you as a when you were young, uh -huh. those things like the energy, this, this, eventually they stop working for you when you're an adult." And that's when you have to change your ways. And I think that's why we're compromising. We're, we're questioning things because those bullshit like little things like, I'm going to be the center of attention. I'm gonna... No, you're going to exhaust yourself. You can't do that anymore. You can't do that. You have to take care of yourself in whatever way. It used to work because you're young and your testosterone levels are good and everything's balanced and you don't have an iron deficiency. But when you get to a certain age, it's time to fuck off, dude. We've, we need to fuck off. You're right where you're supposed to be, and so am I, and it's all good. We live in a different universe that most therapists couldn't understand. Like, first of all, is there a, like, okay, you, you and I have had, let's just fair to say, moderate fame enough to where people will stop you and, and talk to you and say, uh, hey, Mike, can I have a photo with you? Hey, da da da. Or you look what? like Paul Rudd. I'm like, wow. Right, right. I wish. Um, you look like Ashley Judd. Um, now, mm. fame is a weird thing that psychologically has affected me and i've had a very low level fame but enough to where you know people come up to me and hey where do i know you from and then you're like it's going the worst over thing your, in the world because then you're just like okay you're looking at them going okay based on their age and you know ethnic background you might guess what they know you from with me if it's a brother a black human a scary a movie brother right scary, scary movie. movie if it's like a you know, 23 year old something it's like vine if it's and I have to look at them up and down and do the math and then say what I think it is and then when you're wrong you're just listing off all the shit. I don't do done. it anymore. If somebody goes, "What are you in?" I'm like, "I'm not going to answer that question." It, it, it's embarrassing. It's awful because first of all, I'm probably not the guy you're thinking of. Totally, and you're the, not Ashley. I Judd. sound like a douchebag. You can't giving win you that my one. credits. I don't win. It's the worst. I had You'll... one guy in a bar. I think I've said this before. I uh, go, "Hey, come here, man." I'm like, uh, "No, you're gonna." He's, he's telling me to come here with his finger. Oof. I'm like, what? Hey, come here. My girlfriend wants to meet you. I'm like, uh, 
Have your girlfriend come to me. Yeah, ooh, I like it. That's what I said. He was a big guy. I thought he was going to beat the shit out of me. But I was like, I'm not, Dude, no, look, I'm people, not a wind-up doll. It's, it's <laughs> you know, it's uh, this, this happened to me the other day. I was um, on tour with Mickey Avalon, who I do music with. And I go on the road and do my, my character, Dirt Nasty. And I do these live music comedy shows. People I take love on the road. That. It's great. It's a fun time. It's actually like I get to go to the trenches of America like you do as a stand-up. And I'll be in, you know, St. Louis doing a live show and bringing people on stage and improving and... I don't know what's going to happen, so I keep it fun to Can myself. Can you make a lot of money doing that? I make enough money to live at the beach and eat sushi and have an RV, so I'm happy. Oh, you know, beautiful. I make like I make you know, an, yeah, I make I don't enough to, to have a good living. I got I'm very lucky, so I could go on the road and do that. And I love going on the road and interacting with fans in real life. But there's always that one person, at least one person, especially when you get into the flyover states. Not to isolate anyone listening, but when people aren't used to seeing celebrity, it's a whole weird other thing where they can't, they don't know how to act around you, and it gets because they never seen anyone before right right so in la people are used to seeing someone they, they don't care know. about you but you go to you know uh, vincennes indiana That's where and i grew up there you go near there so you get it you go back there and it's like oh my god come every they're literally like you're an animal in a zoo like come look touch him he's real kind of shit you know so i had this woman <laughs> the other day literally i took a picture with her husband and then Next thing you know, they're like having a drink at the bar with me and my friend. They kind of just came over. We'll get you a drink. And I'm like, it's not worth the $7 to have to hang out with my fans for an hour. I didn't say that. I'm thinking it. Sure enough, they get too comfortable because I'm nice. And then next thing you know, she's whipping out her phone and she just starts filming me. And she's just like, go. She says, go. I'm like, go. On camera, I'm saying this. I'm like, go. She's like, do, do you. Like, be funny. What did you do? What I just did to you. I just stared at her and I'm on camera and I think I just looked at disconnected. her disconnected and i didn't give her anything that she wanted and then she realized what she was doing she's like oh i'm sorry i just let her know like what which pulled the string on my back i'm a human being what are you doing and people just don't get it i like moments i like having a moment with someone who we're having a moment right now yeah yeah we're having of course we're having a threesome with tyler we're having a threesome right with tyler but like i like a moment where it's somebody who isn't in the industry which i envy usually because mm. they're somewhat they have some normalcy <laughs> and then uh you know, we're having a moment and we're like, oh my God, we're talking about this. And I just want to stay in that moment. I don't want it to become, it's weird. It's nice to be recognized, but also it's also, and it comes with the territory, but sometimes you just want to be like, hey man, I'm just, a, I'm just really a, a genuine dude. I, tr I try to be a genuine guy. I just want to be me. And sometimes, I mean, look, that's not what I signed up for. That's not what we signed up for. But, and that's hard for me sometimes because I go, I just want to be I just want to be, I'm just a dude, man. I just want to have yeah, a conversation. You're I don't a human want being. Do we have to take pictures? Do we have to call your mom? Do we have to, do we have to like just enjoy this moment? Like right. Steve Martin used to, uh, people go up and go, hey, can I have your autograph? You go, no, but you could have this card and it says, I met Steve Martin. <laughs> God, that's right. That was in his book, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love that. Uh, it's, it's a weird thing because you're right. We put ourselves out there for this. We asked for it, but there's times where you just want to be like, dude, I just don't want this heat on me right now. Like, I just want to chill out. And some people would say tough shit. Yeah, and, and you and know it what? Is tough and, shit. And I bet you most of the people listening are like, boo-hoo, cry me a river. Yeah. But you, until you live it, it's hard to explain. That's what my point being coming full circle. Right. That how could a therapist possibly understand psycho... They need, they need to have like a Hollywood fame therapist mm -hmm. for specifically people like us who are at this point in our life. We're like, what the fuck? for some help and because not everyone could possibly understand yeah. what it would be like in that situation psychologically what it does to you it's a weird fucking thing yeah and i don't think like i love i love my success i love doing this podcast i'm doing another podcast i love writing i love directing i love all of it but for me 
I really do envy people who had really great upbringings. I envy people who have a loving connection. I just interviewed Ralph Macchio, and his parents were great, and they're loving, and they're Wait, they were close. here with them. Well, no, oh. <laughs> but like, and I look, and I'm like, God, that it, it just helps so much in oh, those young st- like your developmental stages. Like Simon, if you had a dad that was there. It would have been a completely, oh, completely. different story. I for probably you. wouldn't be sitting here because I wouldn't yeah. have been like, "Look at me!" I wouldn't have been in this I'm business. Old, that yeah, I'm in. and I and I hate that about myself. I hate that I go in and I'm, the only way I'm comfortable is if I'm making someone laugh. I'm like, "Hey, you haven't heard my Rodney Dangerfield?" They're like, "What?" I didn't ask for it. I'm like, "Hey, all right, how are you?" You know, and I'm doing this. Well, you got a lot and of it's... look. You're talented, so it's almost like you've just gotten used to your own persona, which is that guy. Because <laughs> you are really you're a talented guy, man. You're a smart, hyper intelligent, smart, fast thinking dude. So it's like that's your tool. That's what you've survived on this far. You know what I mean? That's oh, what yeah. you've made a living off of it. It's how you've gotten chicks. It's how you've gotten food on the table. So you're just used to it, and it's hard to break that pattern. Yeah, I'm going, dude. It's so bizarre we're having this talk because I'm going through the same thing on my different journey, but the same kind of thing. Where I'm just for the first time in my life, just like, I'm fucking exhausted, dude. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And I don't have to make everyone laugh all the time. And, and it even got to the point where, like the other night, I remember I was having, and I was just sitting there like, I, I'm just going to take a vow of silence and just not feel that I got to entertain everyone. And it was so weird because everyone at the table was like, dude, where are you? Like, come back. This are is you boring. Okay? That happened to me at dinner the other night. People were like, are you okay? They think you're like, it's like, no, I just, I'm shutting it off for a minute, Tyler. <sighs> <laughs> you know what it is? I'm going to say this. I feel like I'm a child. I don't know whether you believe in God or not. It doesn't matter. I, look, I do. But, I mean, if, if there could be this one moment where something just says, this is what you should be doing. I want you to do this. I want somebody to tell me what to do. It sounds so stupid. It sounds so immature. I just want somebody to go, Michael, this is what you need to do. I promise you, this is going to work. It's a lot easier if you had that. Isn't it good if you just had guys? I feel like tough, I just... I'm, life's full of tough decisions. You got Sometimes you got to make those, and that's fucking hard. Look, I wish that too. I think everybody wishes they had that. And as far as going backwards a little bit about being a kid forever, that's another thing I'm dealing with is for the first time in my life, I'm trying... I'm not trying to grow up, but I am growing up. And part of that, I want to stay youthful forever. I still want to be like, like, pull my finger, kid, or make, you know, be, think, just be a silly, be a silly goose. I never want to take life too seriously. So I'm in this weird, conflicted zone of where it's like, grow up, but stay youthful. It's like, well, what does that mean? You know? uh, How about, how about, you know what Spielberg said? What? Spielberg. You're fired. Yeah. He never, (laughs) you know. He said this. He said, on an interview, he said, I am the most immature person. I am so immature. Listen to this. But it's okay to be immature if you're responsible. Okay, there's there it is. I am immature. That's but right. I am responsible. Then you're okay. You're a Spielberg. But, yeah, but, but no, I, I like that he said that because he's like, it doesn't matter how immature you are as long as you're a responsible but human dude, being. Dude, I'm, I'm, I love that you said that. I remember that because that's exactly sums up how... I'm taking care of my shit. I'm not fucking like life isn't, you know, going down the toilet because I'm fucking everything up around me. But I still want to be fucking silly and yeah. laugh and fucking, you Just know, don't find sabotage the it. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly the way to put it. Um, half of me is like growing up is a trap. That's true. And the other half, I think that, but I don't think it's just you and I. I think this whole, I think there's a big thing happening in today's culture where there's this arrested development where men are age and even older. Like when you see some dude dre- like dressing and acting when he's like old, like he's young, it's kind of hard to watch. Tight jeans as a 60 year old guy. It's 
that thing. And I, th- I actually just watched a video. Uh, or, or if they're comfortable with themselves. That's another thing. If they're really genuinely happy with themselves, whatever, whoever they are and whatever you're doing, great. Because that's another thing. I'm trying not to judge. I, I don't want to be judgmental anymore. And it's hard. Because, you know, it's sort of like when you judge people, you're really kind of doing it to yourself. Right. You're like something about yourself that you hate. Right. It's like, why do they have to do that? Except for the lips, the the, the uh, fake lips. The duck lips. I don't like that. I don't either. Everyone looks trying to look like Angelina Jolie, and it's disgusting. Yeah. What, that's one thing I'm learning about myself is that when I find that I'm pointing the finger at somebody else, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe that's Reflection. what I do. Psychology 101 would say I'm projecting, and that's what I do. So I'm trying yeah. to, like, find those things that I'm like, oh, fuck, am I that guy? Yeah. You know? Um, what about purpose? I think that, you know, to some, I know you got another thing too. No, it's okay. But no, this is good. This we're is good. good. We're no, finishing purpose. up. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but that's for the me, big, okay, that's the big, we get that's the big, big stuff. That's, that's where we're getting the big stuff because you can't live your whole life without purpose. You have to have purpose. And like, you know, am I charitable? Yes. Do I feed the homeless? Yes. Do I give people things? Yes. Do I feel like I'm a good person? Yeah, I do. But purpose, I think, really involves more of how you feel. How you feel when you're doing so. something altruistic, something mm-hmm. that makes you feel good. Altruistic means unselfish. No, yeah, it, it means you're doing it with no thought of like, oh, if I donate, everybody on Facebook's right, right. going to see that I donated. Right, I'm right. Doing, doing it because it, I really yeah. want to help someone, and nobody needs. Mark Messier, my hockey jersey, right there. Yeah, yeah. He said a real man and an honorable man is somebody who does these kind actions. When the cameras aren't right, on. for sure, for and sure. that's of course that's the thing, and we all do both. Well, there's nothing that if you ever feeling down and out about anything, they say go do something for somebody else, and you'll feel better. I actually did that recently, and it's going to sound like I'm being uh, non altruistic by saying this, but I'll go spend seven bucks at Whole Foods and get a big organic roast chicken in Venice, and I'll go to the alleyway where all the junkies are, and I'll give it to them, and the look on their face that when I give them this hot chicken, and I don't need to put it on social media. I don't need to, I mean, I'm telling you now. But it, it feels so good to be like, oh, my God, that's seven bucks to make these guys like eat a good meal. I've, my problems ain't that bad. It, it kind of puts things in perspective. It so really it's very does. important to do that. Yeah. Now, going back to purpose, purpose I think you're, you and my, you're, yours and my purpose is to entertain people. And that's why it could be exhausting. But you are here to make, when you go on the road and do stand up, which you've still been doing a lot. I'm right? not doing on the road now. Oh, you're not. No, 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 okay, no. but you've been doing. Stand-up. I was doing stand up for a lot for for a year. Oh, okay. And then I. Oh, yeah. Then I thought I started, you were still doing it. Then I started with the band, and we have an album coming. So out. you entertain so, but, people. Good. Yeah. So most. But here's my. That's th- your purpose, I, I dude. Sure. Sure. That's your purpose, yeah. and that's mine. And that's why even when you get in these ruts and you got it, like maybe creatively, you can't always be on, and sometimes you go into the. But at the end of the day. You are here to put smiles on faces for people that have real fucking nine to five office jobs and wear a suit and have a boss yelling at them and sit in traffic all day. You're there to lighten up their life a little bit because I know for me, because I ask myself this all the time. And when it's like yesterday, I was in, uh, in Santa Monica and these two like dudes roll up on me and like, man, you made me laugh my whole childhood, man. Thank you. And I was like, oh, that's that's my purpose. What's I did my purpose? job. That makes perfect I sense. I made them smile. I made them laugh at a time in their life. And it's like, you know what? That's what I got to keep doing. So whether it's a silly Instagram video, a silly song, a play, a fucking uh, a movie, whatever it is, like we're that's here, what you're to, here to do. That's what, and you too. And that's sure, what this podcast sure. is. So that's your purpose, I believe. Yeah, and look, I, I I think you're right. I think like for me, I do love doing the podcast. I do love coming and having a conversation with you and being able to open up. And maybe one person goes, oh, my God, that helped me. Yep. One person that's comes enough. up to me and goes, hey, you know, I was listening to you and Simon or I was listening to you. And, and it made me really. Like, that's what it's about. That, it is about that. That's it is about. about that. And it's like, you know, um, 
Yeah, that's true. And it's 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 hard to look, it's 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 ignorant for people who aren't in the industry, who do work nine to five jobs to think we should only be happy and we're this and we don't deserve to be depressed. Or we don't that's fucking ignorance. And it's ignorant for us to say you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's fair either. But I am very lucky, uh, and we've said it. We've done a bunch of great shit. I'm just saying that everybody is fucked up in a way. Mm -hmm. Everybody has issues, and unless you talk about them, unless you talk to someone about them, unless you try to be a better person, things aren't going to get better for you. These podcasts are a good uh, platform to do that. I'm noticing that when I've been doing it, because I I started a podcast as well called Nervous Rex, which I'd love to have you on one day. Yes. When is that? uh, It's every Wednesday I drop one. It's just been a couple months of them, but yeah, I started that. Say it again? Nervous Rex. I love it. Yeah. So... I'm learning that in having these talks, I've been on this side of the podcast a lot, but now that I'm hosting it and having people on, dude, you put your phone away for an hour and have a talk like this. You and I in 20 years have never had a talk never, like this. longest talk we've had. It, you know what I'm saying? With no bullshit, put the phone away, yet it's going to be shared with people and people are going to connect with it and be like, you know what? Those guys were being real. It wasn't like a song and dance like, hey, ba da ba ba boo. Yeah, That's yeah. what these things are here for and I think they're important and that's why they're... Uh, I think they help a lot of people. I know personally, I listen to a lot of other podcasts that I learn things from. And, you know, you're sitting in traffic, throwing a podcast. Like, oh, wow, I didn't. That's interesting. Maybe I need to work on it. You know what I mean? It yeah. helps people. These are good. These are a good thing. It ultimately, it's just like, how, how can I be a better human being? How can you be a better human being? How could Tyler be a better? How can we just Tyler be has a lot of work to do on himself. How can a lot of work, man? <laughs> yeah. but what are we going to say? I haven't said anything this whole show. You guys are just no, talking you guys- about me. No, it's good. I like I like the spotlight. It's great. <laughs> oh, he's but you know he's he's smart. Tyler, well, smart. he's the strong, silent type, and you and I are over here going loquacious yeah. birds. Bah, 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 yeah, and he's yeah, sitting yeah. there going, "These guys don't shut the fuck it's, up." It's man. amazing that you guys think that I don't talk that much, though. Now you do talk. Anybody a lot. that knows you have me, a podcast. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, plug it. Cynical cartoons. Okay, listen to Tyler's podcast, Cynical Cartoons, and don't forget to listen to. Nervous Rex. Nervous R-E-X. Yeah. Like Simon Rex. Yo, I'd love to have you on. I'm one coming day. on. All right, great. Dude, this has been a real treat. I, no, this is good. And no, no, we'll I, have part two another time. Dude, we have to have part two. because I, I really, scratching the surface. I mean, I didn't expect to get this deep. That's okay. That's what. That's why these are good. It's refreshing. Like, I didn't mean to talk about the treatment center. No, that's good. I'm glad that. you did. And if you, you keep it great, if not great, it doesn't matter. But I think it's good to be transparent and be honest. And it kind of, I think it's good for you to do that personally yeah i think it's good i think it's the more honest you are with with everybody the more honest you because look only you know the truth you could sit here and i could say oh how happy i am all fucking day but when you look in the mirror at night or you go to bed with yourself you know if you're not happy well, you, you know it's the guy that's going yeah everything's great honey yeah oh my god those are the ones that exactly yeah i don't want to be that nope. I, I wouldn't i'm not like yeah i love but you I, you know what i mean thank you for allowing me to be inside you <laughs> baby <laughs> <laughs> thank you Shoot out across the darkest night My heart skips a beat and I'm feeling alright Taking everything one day at a time You were never something I, I thought I might
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.